G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're back today and giving some more thought to the value of gratitude for the Christian. In earlier conversations with Peter Sorkia, therapeutic Christian life coach, we discovered that gratitude is a really, really powerful way of getting things back on track if you are in those times of stress, even experiencing pain. Gratitude helps us get on top of those things. So gratitude, strongly related to our well-being. Let's talk gratitude once again today with Peter Sorkia, who is a Christian therapeutic life coach, and she leads Peter Empowering You. Peter, welcome back to 2020. Thank you for having me again, Neil. It's my pleasure to be with you again. Peter, let's talk some science here, because not only do you understand the powerful things that are delivered to us in God's Word, in the Scriptures, and things that we can sometimes take for granted, but some modern science actually supports those things, and gratitude is so powerful, it has really significant scientific impacts on the way it changes our sense of well-being. Yes, and I love it how science is backing up the Bible. (laughs) We've had the Bible for thousands of years, and now science is agreeing with what the Bible says, and that is that thankfulness is good for us and that we should give thanks, particularly to God. But yes, it can change our well-being. It does change our well-being in terms of what's happening in our body. So the biopsychosocial aspect of who we are as people, so there's a biological aspect, there's a psychological aspect, and there's a social aspect. So when we get into gratitude and we are thankful for the things that we have, for the things that God has done, for the people in our lives. When we look for things to be thankful for, it changes us biologically. It changes us internally. And this is shown by the hormones that are produced, which I mentioned last time. So we get a whole mix of good hormones, feel-good hormones, that make us feel better. And what that does is it encourages us to want more gratitude, to seek more thankfulness. So when we are grateful, we become more grateful and that produces more of these feel-good hormones which have an impact on not only our mental well-being but our physical well-being. So it changes our DNA. It changes us physically. It changes how we see the world. So it's a very big an exciting topic scientifically in terms of gratitude. But of course, the Bible tells us that we, in Galatians it says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. There's so many places in the Bible. Um, 1 Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So no matter what we go through, 
this is the will of God and we can find something to be thankful for. Look at the disciples. They were worshipping and they were in, uh, in Paul. They were, they were imprisoned at night and they were worshipping God. They were in chains and shackles and yet they were giving thanks and worshipping God. So even in our worst moments, it makes a difference to who we are, how we see the world and our well-being going forward. And this is... This is something that they've done in the research that it actually lasts. So when you check out people's health and well-being down the track months later, uh, it's still there. So thankfulness, gratitude lasts. Funny when we resist this gratitude, this thankfulness to God and even thankfulness to people who are around us, uh, that we look for other fixes to feel better. And a lot of people will want to go out and spend. Uh, you know, sometimes we talk about therapeutic shopping. But there's some research I was reading suggesting that uh, it takes a huge increase in income which is an indicator of our spending power that's needed to even have a modest gain in the sense of our well-being. But perhaps instead of spending our lives trying to amass ever more possessions, trying to feel better about ourselves, we might be better advised to appreciate more of who we are before God and before one another and what we already have. Any thoughts here about the, the opposite to giving thanks to God? When we spend money, there's a bit of a high, I guess, when you get something nice, you know, it feels good. <laughs> um, but it doesn't last. And look at the people, um, James Packer, and, uh, you know, people with money who still have mental health issues. So mental health issues are something that come at all of us, and it doesn't matter what your income is. That is not a fix. Um, that's not going to help. But when you are grat- when you are grateful for what you have, even the smallest things, that's what makes the shift. But Peter, some people, they think about gratitude and money and these things are at the shallow end of some of the things that we're up against. Some are going to say, well, things are so bad for me, I'm in such a trauma that you know, just a simple thank you or gratitude uh, might not do too much for me. What do you say to people who are into really difficult and dire circumstances? Yes, I don't want to minimise what people are going through. I don't want people to think that I'm just glossing over the pain and the struggle and the challenges that they may be facing. And I often think of someone like Corrie Ten Boom, who has written several books. She's passed away now, but her family hid Jews during the war and they were finally in prison. She was in Ravensbrück, uh, Germany, with her sister in prison. She lost her sister. She lost the rest of her family uh, to, in the war, in the, um, in the camps. And she tells a story which was horrific. And so I just want to encourage someone that is going through some difficult times in the story that she tells in one of her books where after she got out of prison, she would tour the world and tell people about her experiences during the war and how she forgave and how she was grateful. But she was in Africa, Rwanda, Africa, and she was asked to go and speak to a group of prisoners who were in a prison that was so full that they didn't even have room for all the prisoners inside. So they took turns being inside and outside during the day and the night. And she was talking to a group who were on death row and they had hopelessness and anger in their hearts and in their eyes as she started to talk. And they didn't want to know about her or her Jesus. But she told them a story about her 
being in Ravensbrook in a concentration camp and how they would be forced to get up at the early hours in the morning and uh, go out in the freezing cold in Germany with barely anything on their bodies to keep them warm and they would be there for hours during the roll call. And on one particular occasion, someone in front of Corrie was actually, um, fell down, fell down in exhaustion and hunger and faint. And the guard came and started to bash her. What right have you got to be down resting when we're all standing up? And so this was a shocking thing for the rest of the prisoners to be viewing. But at that time, a beautiful bird, a coloured bird, flew across the grounds and started to circle over the ovens, so a terrible thing. And all the focus was taken away from this shocking sight in front of them to this beautiful bird who was singing this beautiful song above the crematorium. And this lasted for 10 to 15 minutes and lightened the hearts of all the people. And that bird came back for subsequently the next three weeks at the same time singing. And so she told this story to the prisoners in Africa and said, we can give thanks even in our darkest moments. We can give thanks for something because God did not leave us alone at that time and he's not leaving you alone. She gave an altar call, we wouldn't call it an altar call, a call to accept Jesus and every single hand of those prisoners went up. They began to see hope in their hopelessness and all the guards accepted the Lord as well. So everyone accepted the Lord because why? They saw that even in hopeless situations, there is still hope. There is still something to be grateful for. And that is that we have a wonderful God. We have God. If you can't be grateful for anything, if you know the Lord, you know the Lord. Isn't that something to be grateful for? If you don't know the Lord, you can reach out and meet the Lord. That's something to be grateful for too. Even in the direst of circumstances, find something that can change the focus and be grateful for that, and that will change your whole sense of well-being. Just quickly, let's talk a few moments about how you might make a habit of focusing on things you can be thankful for. How do you work on the idea of forming routines and habits, Peter? There's a lot said about how long it takes to make a habit. I don't think there is a definitive answer yet on this one, but it takes a long time because we are changing our brain structure. So we need to keep at it and we need to do it regularly. Even when we fall down and we don't do it, we get back up and have another go. Every time we repeat a process, we do it again, we are forming brain structure, dendrites and all the things that happen in our brain. So we might not do something one day, but we keep on doing it the next day. We pick ourselves up and have another go. So in terms of being grateful, you might just in the morning say, okay, in the mornings I'm going to make a list of one thing, two thing, ten things that I can be grateful for that's happened yesterday or in the end of the day. I'm just going to think of one thing. I'm going to say, thank you, God, for this that happened today. Thank you, God, for uh, what you've given me today. So putting something in place on a regular basis, whether it be through prayer, through writing it down, through a card, sending it to somebody, um, just in your own worship time, saying thank you, God, for, and saying some things that you have in your life, just the process of doing that, then doing it again the next time and or the next day, and then again and then again, you are going to be building a fabulous habit of gratitude, which is going to see you 
into the future better off than you are now. And this is what science is saying, that people can actually change their whole attitude towards life by using gratitude. And God's word talks about it, talks about being thankful. So we've got it biblically. Science is now discovering it, what we've always known. So put in a habit. You can do it. Start small, one thing a day, but keep on doing it. Even when you miss a day, have another bash at it the next day. Keep trying, keep putting it in. You can do it. Start a habit of gratitude and good insights today from former pastor and now Christian therapeutic life coach Peter Sorkia, who leads Peter Empowering You. That's spelled S-O-O-R-K-I-A. Peter's website is peterempoweringyou.com. There's a course on there you could check out, Unstuck and Empowered. And there are some books, Unfrazzle and Redazzle, and also Inquisitive. You can find those at peterempoweringyou.com. Peter Sorkia, thanks so much for wonderful insights once again today on 2020. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 